Swedenborg have any dialogue with Jesus? Did the angels help us find and connect with our soulmate? Does Swedenborg mention suicide? Will we be able to see God when we pass God away? God is omniscient, and why would How he can someone evil? gain heavenly reward? Is the afterlife more lined when is our soul? Why can Does Swedenborg tell us anything about our Is there any Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Swedenborg in Life. Today is the panel question and answer show. This is our audience appreciation show. What's on your mind? We want to talk about it. I'm the host. My name is Curtis Childs and I'm here with you to, to facilitate conversation and see what I can do about getting some words out there. And I have with me, as always, an exciting panel of experts here. So am, we, I, we, am I like it? We have a panel of expert, actually. Expert singular, okay. Here tonight. And listen, listen, guys. I know you showed up looking for a good panel. There's there's circumstances well outside of our control that led to this. Our regulars, Chelsea and Carl, are both out of town. Our Their replacements were out of town. So we, in the end, we thought, okay, Jonathan and I are just going to have to pull our weight here. We're really going to have to buckle down and, and, and step up and, and try to do some mediocre answering of questions, right? That's right. So that's what we're going to do, and we appreciate you hanging with us if, if you're still here. Uh, so, Jonathan, thank you for coming, and uh, I always appreciate getting to hear your insights, your passion for it. So let's. Uh, I'm interested as well to hear what you have to say tonight, and uh, I'm also interested to hear the questions, because people are wondering about the most fascinating thing. It's an education for me, in a way, to hear. Oh, well, oh true. yeah, I never thought about it like that. Oh, yeah, you know, what is the answer? So I'm going to learn as well tonight, and that's going to be fun. All right, I've hyped it up enough. Let's hope it delivers. Here's the first question. Uh, this is from Last Chance. Does God stop evil, or does he let it happen and let good come out of it? And before we answer that, I don't feel like I ever said, if you're watching live right now, get your questions in, because type them in the chat there, and we put them on screen as you guys go. So anyway, uh, can you answer this one? Does God still, is, it, is God stopping? This is like theodicy. This is the biggest question. Does God, because evil and God, how do you, how do you ra- reconcile those two? Does God stop evil? Does he see it coming down the pike, and he's like, no, right. that's not happening? Or does he say, well, I know that's going to happen. I'm not going to stop it, but I'm going to spin it so it turns good in the end. Mm. What's Swedenborg's answer? Yeah, uh, I believe that his answer would be both. Uh, God, and then you've got to explain why does he do one one time and um, the other another yeah. time. But uh, God stops a tremendous amount of evil. Okay, I mean, people know, you know, if you're if you're – uh, raising a small child, you know they get in less trouble than oh, they should a, just by a good metaphor. random molecular movement. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you, you stop so much. There are so many times when these cute little people want to uh, unwittingly throw themselves off things or pick things up. That they <laughs> right, and you stop it so many times from happening. Yeah, that's right. Touché. That's right. Uh, so there's a lot that he stops, but also to continue the parenting metaphor. Uh, Which is not just a metaphor, but a correspondence. That's so true. Says that that's this true. is this is a, like a actual physical manifestation echoing the reality of how God relates to us. That's right. And so, if you have a child, I mean, you can't just sort of strap him in a high chair for sixteen hours a day or something like yeah. that. You know, uh, they need to have autonomy. They need to be able to do things. So you need to give them something else exciting to look at if you want to steer them away from this. You know, it's within the free will yeah. of, of the child kind of thing. And um so there's a passage in New Jerusalem where Swedenborg gets into this where he says that he it just because of his goal, the the way that God's goals work, there are certain things that he cannot prevent and still achieve those goals yep you know a certain amount uh, just will have to get past that but he gets rid of so much you know i i don't couldn't put a percentage on it but i imagine it's like 99 percent of the stuff that could happen doesn't happen but there's a one percent that still gets through and then he does only allow that when he can bring good out of it that's right and i think that the criteria as i see it with swedenborg is is sort of in that question there that he lets evil happen when in the end it will be better that it has happened you know that, yeah. that good that's how that's the only way that it makes you know sense is if if 
the only things that are allowed to happen to, to get through the door and become part of reality, mm. it's got to be that even if it causes pain in the short term, in in the end, actually, life, eternal life is better off for it. Mm. That, that some somehow whatever's whatever's happening to you in your life, all this uh, heartbreaking, frustrating, confusing, boring, annoying, all the above that that happened to us. It's only allowed to happen because somehow in the end, you can look back and, and re- if you understood mm. the consequences of how that shaped you as a person spiritually that, oh, actually, no, 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 I, I would sitting from my position here, whatever, you know, down the line in eternal life. This is, I'm glad that this yeah. happened. And I was just reading in Apocalypse Explained a, a, a passage that was really kind of blowing my mind that was talking about, it used the word complicated. It was talking about God is doing things that are so much more complicated than we can imagine. Yeah. You know, we sort of think, oh, well, why didn't you just stop this or why didn't you do that? You know, that was painful to me or whatever. And uh, I do, I think that so much. When when I bump my head on something, I do, <laughs> like, it's, it's, tough, it's tough having these, because I'm like, okay, that... There's no providence like that. Does <laughs> Nothing not, good is going to come out that, of that. You could have you pulled yeah. that, man. Like, like, hey, hey, man, I'm out here doing these shows, trying to hype you up for everyone. Are you going to do that to me? How would you do that to me? <laughs> um, it, it gave me the sense of like three-dimensional chess is like tic-tac-toe compared to what God is doing. Oh, man. You know, he's working a long, long, he's thinking about stuff 100,000 years from now, yep. what's going, you know, so so there, he's playing a very complex game yeah. out of an unbelievable degree of love that, that we we cannot see most of the time. Yeah. And there are reasons why we can't that, see it. That's well said, and I, I want to finish by saying that it's not like, I sort of, what, what makes it more frustrating is imagining that God is hovering over your life and everything that's not a person related, like if I do, like I'm trying to explain something, but I knock over this thing right. and it burns me, that that's just God pulling a lever. But actually, Swedenborg talked about seeing evil, like that there was a sphere of hell that caused even accidents. Yeah. That it's not just like right. it's God, like, okay, do this. That they're just like I understand, okay, a person does something evil to me. I get okay that they had free will. It's it, it's a, this multi layered thing too. It's not just like right behind the screen. God is there causing things. Right. There's, there's there's all for some reason picturing it like that makes it um, makes diffuses my frustration because understanding all right this is a, it's an imperfect world. We're going to get around this. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but to me that changes the feel yeah. of it. Yeah. All right. So that That's obviously good question. great question, um, and there's much more that can be said. And hopefully we've given you guys a kernel of an idea that you can take out into the into your own mind, into your own life. All right. Let's take a look at the next question. This is Angie, wondering how one becomes a Swedenborgian. And you could take that question in a couple of ways. Yes, you could. Um, one is how do you become a Sweden, and, and you can choose which of these you want to answer, or all of them. I would say how do you become a Swedenborgian, meaning how do you join a Swedenborgian organization? Like you know, are, are, do you get baptized in a church? What? How do you do that? What, what's right. the mysterious way? Uh, and then second is how do you become one? Meaning like what practice? Like if I if I want to be right. a, a Buddhist. Uh, just from my general sense through like a Western culture of what it means to be a Buddhist, it wouldn't be as much like, oh yeah, I, I went to some ceremony. You, you, like I would have to show I'm meditating and I think this. That would sort of be how you become a a Buddhist. Is that what it, like how do you become uh, a Swedenborgian? Like what kind of practice do you have to do? Those are the two ways mm. I I see. Um, it. Yeah. So what, do you have any yeah, thoughts on yeah, either of those? Yeah, that's, or, or that's, I that's interesting. That um, uh, in terms of the. Um, Organizations, there's a, a few different organizations that you can join and so on. Yes. And my sense is that it's not difficult to get into any of those organizations. You know, everybody's sort of welcoming members would be happy yes. to see you kind of thing. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. So the so I know of three in North, I know of four in North America. Um, right. There's uh, the, the General Church of the New Jerusalem, which is right. newchurch.org. That's there's right. The Swedenborgian Church of North America, which, which is, is Swedenborg.org. Org, isn't it? Similar to Swedenborg.com, but this is. Yes, right. right. Then there is the Lord's New Church. Lord's New Church, and which is over here, Salma. Yeah, what's the website for that? I, I, I'm not sure, but yeah. you can find it. They certainly they just have one. Google the Lord's New Church. Yeah, right. And then there's the Church of Truth in Louisville, which is not, That's which right. just has one location, but I think it's right, True right. Church of Truth, or their Facebook page. Anyway, right. those are, and then there's the conference, General Conference in England. Which is very 
widespread. Yes, oh, right in, in Australia, and okay. yeah, yeah, that's yep. right. And it's a number of different, and the General Church and the Lord's New Church are both in multiple countries and so on. So, a, a search on the web. If you search for Swedenborgian, like S W E D E N B O R G I A N, and then church or something, that, yeah. that should that should get you some hits, right? Uh, so there's now, the organization. And, and none so, of them are going to if you turn you away. Like if no, you show up, they'll that's say, right. Well, that's cool. That's great. Um, and uh, in terms of, I think it's almost like the twelve step programs where, like, you define whether you're in or not. Mm-hmm. You know, like in terms of the spiritual version of what it is to yeah. be a Swedenborgian. Uh, I think that's something that's in, in terms of your heart. Uh, a f- thought that I've been entertaining a lot just lately um, is the fact I've met um, people who were. Uh, Swedenborgian Mormons. Okay. I met a man, a, a Methodist pastor, who he said he had this older woman in his congregation, and he said she was a good Methodist all her life, but her soul was Swedenborg. She had Swedenborg on mm. the on the nightstand, you know. Yeah. And so it's actually possible to be a Swedenborgian Catholic, to be a you know, or whatever. In other words, right. people just like they resonate with that message, and then their worship community is. You know, whatever denomination, you yeah. see what I mean? And it's complicated by the fact that Swedenborg didn't start a church or an organization. So he That's didn't right. lay out, this is exactly how you do it. He talked about the new church, right, right. which is, is is this coming of this. But he, he, you know, and I know you've done some some research and presentation on this, but there there's sort of this broader definition of it and that he lays out some beliefs of it. And it has right. to do with, you know, love of God, love of the neighbor. That That's sort. right. But he also talks and, about, oh, go ahead. Well, practices like repentance or, uh, yeah. you know, he talks a lot about worship, but he seldom says, like, what that looks like. Exactly. Uh, he doesn't you know, say he says can, the different communities of heaven worship in different ways and mm-hmm. all that kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's really quite wide open in that way. I think it's cool in a way that he didn't get on a stump and start, you know, out in the park and start yeah, something, you know. It the, makes it harder to the, answer the, questions the, like this. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, so you got to weigh the pros and cons. Right? Yeah, yeah, but right. also he talks about uh, a, a church he calls the ancient church. Yeah. Which he says happened long ago in human history. And he calls it one church, but said they had all kinds of different doctrine and religious practices, yeah. but they were one church because of their love that they they knew being kind was what was important so is that it that was the key thing in in their religion yeah yeah yeah, that's right so but what is it i'll I'll tell you what it means to me oh okay all right Um, i just thought of this as i um as we were saying this okay i think it is when i take principles that i find in swedenborg and have them change my behavior like I act uh-huh. in a certain way, and it can be it can be in the way that I act towards my own thoughts and feelings. It can be the if I'm having that dictate um, the way I approach something or the way I mm. do something. To me, that's a Swedenborgian thing. And he would he for the record, Swedenborg does not like that term, Swedenborgian. He, that's true. He, he didn't was, like that. That's true. He there was a letter when when people were attacking him, calling it Swedenborgianism, and he's like, "It's not Swedenborgianism. It's true Christianity." Yeah, yeah. But right, you can't right. be called the true Christians, you know. So what are you going to be called, yeah, yeah, right? Because um, right. there's all kinds of connotations there. So he wouldn't like that term, but but it, meaning the essence of the of it, I feel like w- when I look at the principles and the principles change in action, um, then I feel like okay, I'm and I don't always feel like a. Uh, whatever it is, a Swedenborgian, because I sometimes feel like I, I think my the way I am would look different if I was really living this. Stuff. Like I imagine, um, you know, a cold. If, if things keep going well with it, you know, maybe in a couple hundred years, people will really know how to nail this. Like they mm. always have ways of engaging the common good and this kind of usefulness. But I actually, man, I'm just going on and on. Um, I I it's think. Good stuff. Yeah, we'll all run out of time here. We should have one of those like chess things where you click it <laughs> right. and then like you run out of time. I have right. to seed the rest of it to you. But I can feel very Swedenborgian when I'm doing chores, housework. Yeah, because I you. feel like right. usefulness. I'm doing and I'm right. thinking relatively heavenly sort of thoughts, mm. and sometimes that's when I get the most spiritually high. Like this, like something is happening. I feel full of energy, yeah. and that seems like simplistic, but I think it's the it's it's all about the mindset I have in doing it. Mm. You know, it's the action I, along with the wisdom. I, I'm in the same boat. Like I can't uh, weed a garden or anything. You know, like yeah. I'm just flooded with thoughts about 
uh, about repentance, about yeah. nature of, you know, you want some plants in there, other plants you don't want, right. the different strategies the plants have. You know, I'm just, just flooded totally. with thoughts about those things. Um, I've thought a lot about the... Um, what I would call the church of one, because there's a lot of people, there's people in, in my own family, there's, you know, friends that I know and stuff who, who uh, believe this, uh, but they're just like physically isolated. They're nowhere near other people. And they're I know some gorgeous. people who watch the show who, who yeah. feel like, well, there's nobody around me who, who's like well, in, into this stuff. You considering know what I mean? how many people worldwide are into it, your chances of being near <laughs> one <laughs> are pretty low. Right. And, uh, but it's growing. Every day as a result oh of the show. It's getting huge. But, um, <laughs> as he has a result and, of and other show. good things. That's right. <laughs> and uh, so how is it that you – how do you be a church of one? Like what is your practice yeah. as a church of one? If, if, if you're the person, I think there are still ways, you know, a, a sort of a prayer and a reading and the kind of deploying these things yeah. in, in, your, in your life that's your practice and I uh, that see... works. You know, so I, I think it's kind of a cool idea that, it, you know, it's, it's great to have other people around, but you can, you can do this – Alone, you know, uh, uh, and connect to people as you're able to. Well, and what I was so rudely cutting you off about was I want to see those churches of one. Like, I want people like you guys out there to teach me, like, what does it look like to live this stuff? Yeah. Because I think even we, we, we had people sending in fan videos for a little while, right. which because of logistics that kind of got sidetracked. But still... Like, I like seeing how do you metabolize this and live it? You can teach me. Because I think we're still just in the infancy of understanding yeah, yeah. how do you live and breathe it. I, so I think so, too. Yeah. The, I want to see everybody do this Church of One. And I, maybe I'm going to pick up your stuff, you know, and, and live. And that, oh, that works for me. I want to mm. live I want to live like that. I want to do that routine or that ritual or whatever it is. Sometimes when I'm reading one sentence, is a bit of a tangent, but sometimes when I'm reading just one sentence in Swedenborg's works, I think, man, you could get a whole psychological discipline out of that you know what i mean I, you could yeah. have a massive thing yeah there would be a big thing everybody oh yeah that thing and it just came out of one one sentence and you know there's so much that yeah. hasn't been deployed it's not that we aren't you know it's not that we're being totally lazy about how to practice it or something yeah. but there's so much richness in there it's painful to think of like wow so that's why i we i continue to try to push this is i feel like there's so much that could be done by people who know how to do that i don't know how to do something with that but some people could really take so yeah so if you're watching please take the stuff own it uh exp make it your own and 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 work it and okay that's all the time we have for tonight good that's question good. But we're, 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 moving, we're moving, <laughs> moving very slowly but that's because we got some great questions let's take a look at the next one uh this is from john according to swedenborg when was jesus cognizant that he was god was he aware his entire life as in his childhood, or did he have to realize it? And I feel like this is a great time for me to cede some time to you, because not only did you translate true Christianity, but you you know the, the Jesus thing inside and out. So mm. what, what do you got? That's there, a man? great, great question. Uh, according to Swedenborg, uh, Jesus was not born with that awareness, you know? Yeah. That, that was in himself. But he figured it out over time. And Swedenborg talks in his work, Secrets of Heaven, about uh, where it's like hidden in Scripture, how that sort of, at first sort of awakening sort of dawned on him, like, ooh, wow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, it gradually came into his consciousness. He talks a lot about uh, the mechanism of that was that uh, I think Jesus as a boy was studying the, the, the Scriptures and he was seeing things in the scriptures, he was understanding them at a deep level, and as he sort of built those vessels in his mind, like got that knowledge loaded in, it it's almost like creating one of these giant arrays of mirrors to be able to pick up, you know, faint signals from out in space. Even the divinity is not a faint signal, but yeah. you know what I mean. He he was building yeah. his array in his mind to be able to catch that, and so uh, I think that awareness did come to him in his childhood, but it wasn't like when he was one or something you know right. i think it was a little later on in his in his awareness and that it and it came to him in a while uh, over a period of time there's also sort of a poignant sort of sad thing as the, the swedenborg talks about moments where the the young jesus kind of realized w what was going on with the human race like the true horror of the situation yeah. and he, he sort of wanted to stop thinking those things like yeah. oh I wish I hadn't seen that you know because he's going to feel the thing. weight of that in a way that none of us do because he, he's right. understanding like I'm like responsible like I 
am in charge of this whole thing. And, and also, because I can see it, I'm the one to call to fix it here. Yeah, yeah. And, right, that I'm going to have to fix it, and that's going to be intense. And also this like intense love for everybody. Which yeah. We feel that for the people close to us, but to feel that for everybody. Everybody. That must have been amazing to come into that. And so uh, I'm quite sure it was a progression, you know, over time, deeper and deeper awareness, even to the end of his life in this world. I think there's more like, oh, it's, you know, keep seeing it in, in yeah. new ways, deeper and deeper ways. And I think that just to back up a little bit, uh, you know, Swedenborg is saying that Jesus Christ is God doing the human thing. Yes, that's right. Right. And and so that, so God, it's, it's God having this experience, like sort of living something close to what we live. But Swedenborg says, we do, we all do this on our own little scale. Not that, so, right. so Jesus, I was thinking like, well, that'd be an intense feeling to, to be alive and then sort of reading stuff and, and figuring out, oh, I'm God. You know, like, what does that feel like? Yeah. And I think you would get some people saying, we all do that and that we all realize that we are God. Except for Swedenborg has a different twist on yes, it. Yes, he does. That, yeah. that he doesn't say we're God. Like, like I'm like I go right. from you know bumping my head on stuff and getting mad <laughs> a, about it to like oh actually I'm God. But but we realize that our life is from God. Yes, that we are. That there's and does that make sense as a distinction? But that that God is so intimately present in us that everything we have is God's in us. And this is a, right. a confusing concept that Swedenborg. So and we don't need to go into it right now, but. But just that that we mimic the journey of Jesus, but it's just right. it's in our it's in a finite way as opposed to he lived it in the, the he sort of did the mold and now we're like these copies. It doesn't sound very lifelike. It's, it's but. not a great and uh, not your. I'm not going <laughs> no, on yours about listen, what I'm about to say. Just, the, say, <laughs> the just radio. say it. Just say it. All right. It wasn't the, good. <laughs> the the analogy of a radio and music. Uh, yeah. is pretty good, I think, where, you know, it depends where you have the radio tuned. Yeah. The radio never becomes the music. That's right. A radio is not music. Yep. It's a vessel created to receive music, to yeah. be able to pick up those frequencies and all that. And so every human being is a vessel, you know, to be able to tune in life yeah. and different kinds of life. And only we're a vessel that can sort of change our frequency. You know, we can yeah. cha change the spectrum. Uh, but what Jesus had was something different where he really was that almighty God inside himself. He was just born into the flesh. Part of what I love about that is that um, you could easily, I mean, to me, you could easily think that being human is some kind of aberration. It's this bizarre thing Only human. where you're born so ignorant. You yeah. take so long. You know, a horse, when it's born, can run right away. People take so long to mature. I still can't run. And to, yeah. and to be on their own. I, I, it's nice Have you that seen you, were, try? Yeah. you felt safe to, to share <laughs> that here. And <laughs> so um, you could think that, oh, that whole thing is crazy. You know, like, like and what a dumb way. Like, you yes. don't know anything. You're right, so right, vulnerable. Right. And then to learn and everything. To have Jesus do that is like, no, this is the path. This yeah. is it. Well, this is the yeah. right way to right. do it, to right. to go through teething, to go through, you know, yeah, childhood, to go through right. teenage years, yeah. all that stuff. You know, that 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 is a sacred sacred path, and the, that develops the mind. Divine order's got to play out everywhere. I think we could talk about this one for the whole time. Yeah. But, but see our shows. Um, mm. One was called Why Jesus Was Born. One was called The Spiritual Battles of Jesus Christ. Just Google, I mean, not, not Google, but search. Um, Jesus, you know, off the left eye, we have a series of videos that will give you more and more context for what Jesus is, according to Swedenborg, or check out the Book of the Lord, uh, NCE book, right? Mm, um, yes, right. So, the, uh, of Swedenborg. So, that was very those, impressive. You pulled that cross-reference right out of there. That was, yeah. That was, and look, did you notice the shirt I'm wearing today? No, look it's at that. New Century New Century Edition. edition. That's uh, so cool. Um, so, product placement. Now, let's take a look at the next question. Uh, thanks very much, John. So this is two questions, so they must be similar. If there is a balance that Earth reflects, is there a Mrs. God, mm -hmm. Jen? Oh, we want I, we have it down in our uh, thing to do a show about that. Teresa, are you confirming that God is in fact male by using he? So a couple people noticed that I used a male pronoun for God, and I actually try to stray away from pr pronouns for God to the point where at sometimes I can definitely, I have this distinct feeling of being right here when we're doing a show and talking about God and say, saying, God is doing this, and so that means God is like this, like skipping the pronouns, because uh -huh. I do get this sense whenever I use a pronoun, like, that's... Um, I feel like I'm claiming I know too much about the mm. nature of God. And so, but that's just my personal feeling. Now, 
there's plenty of fascinating information from Swedenborg about God and gender. Enough that you and I and Karin and Chelsea, the writing team, and, and I think some others have had a conversation about what would that show be? Yeah, Is right. God male or female? Let's give a few things here. So, sure. Um, and I feel like we could start with, I'm using the pronoun he because that's the way it appears in Swedenborg's books. Why does it appear that way in Swedenborg's books? Well, now you put me on the spot. The, you, didn't you the, put those books out? We did. Okay. We did. Explain. It, explain it, it was some other guy, I think. Was it? They, no, I, can, I think that I think that was us. Yeah. Yeah. The um, the reason that we use the masculine pronoun, we really agonized about this. Um, I'll try not to get too far into Latin and all this stuff, but um, it's interesting that in the Latin language, you have three genders: masculine, feminine, and neuter. Yeah. Now those genders, there's a difference, a complex difference between grammatical gender. And biological gender. So biological gender me, yeah. is like, uh, you know, male, female, or, yep. or, what, or just inanimate objects or something like that. But grammatical gender, and those of you who are familiar with French or Russian or, you know, a lot of languages still, German, German. Uh, I, I believe, I will have, uh, you know, different uh, uh, genders. And the gender doesn't, like Machen in German is neuter, das. you know, but but yeah. but it's a it, it means a young woman, right? So yeah, it, uh, it's obviously biologically feminine, but grammatically it's this is confusing uh, thing that we're going to say we're going to call these little words before it gender, but yet it's not related to biology. Like, yeah, why they do that? Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, I think it's ancient wisdom that came down from long ago. It's interesting yeah. that all the abstract nouns, so many of the abstract nouns in Latin and Greek are have a feminine ending because yeah. the, the feminine was like more expansive and more okay. you know so you had a quality like, like the beauty yeah. or mercy or things like that right. would, would be a feminine you know I, I think there's probably some ancient wisdom in there somewhere yeah. about it uh, but that's been lost through the corridors of time um, so uh, when Swedenborg uses adjectives as nouns I know we're getting way into a grammar lesson here but uh, he uses adjectives to modify yeah a lot of people are into that Uh, (laughs) Swedenborg uses adjectives if we put that as the title of this episode (laughs) grammar it was a fun experiment to see if anyone would put it yeah right right. does anybody want that um, he uses adjectives uh, substantively which meaning like if you say the good the bad and the ugly like that title of that movie sure. that means the good people the bad people the ugly people yes uh, there's an implied noun in there but you've used this adjective uh, that it's, it's fine to just say the good that, that works in English yes. Swedenborg uses those kind of adjectives a lot and when he uses them of God he doesn't go masculine and he doesn't go feminine okay he goes neuter on those Das. Neither. Yeah. Neuter, ne uter is from a Latin word meaning neither. It's neither mm-hmm. of the two. And um, so it's very interesting that although grammatically the word God, the word Lord, and a lot of other things are grammatically masculine, when he has a choice about it with the adjectives, he goes neuter on it. Okay. So why didn't we use neuter pronouns? Well, uh, you could have said God and it, you know, but it and is that's a tough really sell that's a tough sell that sounds inanimate it sounds like a force or something yeah. and he's very against that kind right, of right right god is a person you know god is a person and the identification with jesus who was biologically male or whatever right. just pulled us into a, a masculine pronoun and the other reason about it that i don't know if people think about is that um uh english if i say you if I say, oh, I said, oh, hey, it's you. Would you know without seeing the person whether masculine or feminine? No, not no, sometimes, male not or female. When you see it. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. How about if I said, oh, they? No, you yeah. wouldn't know. If I said, I, you don't know. You say you. The only time we care in English is when it's a third person singular, he, she, or it. Yeah. Then that's the only time we care. Right. We don't care if it's plural. We don't yeah. care if it's you or me or us or whatever. None of those are, are gendered, but. Uh, we care when it's that third person. And so, unfortunately, Swedenborg is constantly writing in the third person. Yes. So you right, have to right, pick right. a gender. You know, you can't get around it. So yep. uh, so that's does. what we went with. But um, right. if we can get more, can you say something about, like, gender in God? How yes. do you see okay. gender well, in God? Well, I was going to say another reason that probably like, he does use cr- 
Christian uh, male, st- like Jesus Christ, also the Father. He father, talks about son, the Father, sort of, Son. Yes, right. um, so that kind of pulls you in that direction. I know that there are um, things that seem to indicate fe- the creatrix. He once refers yes. to God as a f- female creator. Creative force. Uh, yeah, in that's divine right. love and wisdom. So there seems to be some of both, but... Really, it, we're asking this question backwards. Like God is the first, and then male and female are derivatives. So how yes. are you going to say it's it's backwards to say which one is God? So let's talk about what male and female are according to Swedenborg. Um, and, and can you? And essentially, it's different arrangements of love and wisdom. Right, right. Um, right. And it, in Genesis one twenty seven, I think it is is about male and female. You know, he yeah. created humankind. He created male and female because they're in the image of God. Yeah. You know, it's right there that male and female female are both the image of God. And the way Swedenborg descri- describes the love and wisdom in God, yeah. uh, that they, like, all all that is feminine comes right from God. All that's masculine comes right from God. You know, Everything it, it's comes. just like that was whole, a little bit like Plato's idea that yeah. it was together and then it gets separated or something, you know. Yes. Um, so I'll so get, there's yeah. not a Mrs. God. There's like both of those things right in that's right in 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 the one God. That's right. And that that um the the I have a couple of bullet points. Good. Um, Good. You know, supposedly break it down. Break it down. One angel is male and female. Uh, like it, it, you know, that's true. Because Swedenborg says married, he sees married couples in the afterlife who are actually one angel. So yeah. like, is and that that is that this resemblance of God, mm. but uh, that he does, um, s- s- you know, have. Uh, let's see. Oh, so then he talks, but there's all this like Jesus imagery of being like a mother hen. So it's like sort of that's right. both there. I wanted to take you under yeah. my wings, and yeah. you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, then uh, the the divine or the grand human is yes. supposed to, which is this this reflection directly of God. Is supposedly has corresponds to the the um, genitals uh, or reproductive stuff of both genders of both. So That's somehow right. the director, but not but like so in a way that makes sense. Um, and but then sometimes he right. Swedenborg talks about you know uh, God as the husband and the wife is the church, which so the wife is all of us, you know, male or female. Yeah, like, exactly. Like I would be male or female. I'm God's wife. You know, uh, right. if there's a, or the part of me that is receptive to God, but is that just term- so? What I'm trying to get at is that there seems to be things pointing in all directions, but in essence, love and wisdom, which everybody is just an arrangement of those, those are both in God. Yes, they're both absolutely in God. Okay, yeah, that's right. So it seems like that. So it's certainly not a simply like there's God is definitively male or definitively female and yeah. it's probably that we that right we're asking the question backwards and in the end yeah both are god is some con, so is both we're we are sort of a split off or something uh, like right that, you know that that's right that's right okay i mean just the way heat and light come as one energy from the sun that's right but we experience oh you know didn't johanna do something on the show that's recently right. about like infrared and like that's what you right. perceive with the oh i this part i feel with my skin but this part i'm seeing with my eyes that was so cool. but it's the same energy that's come coming yeah. out so I, that's kind of the way that i picture it. there's something unified yeah. in god well and i th- think of, and that he says that it's it's love and wisdom are sort of two things and sort of one thing. Yeah. That 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 um, love is the underlying essence of something, and wisdom is the form that that essence takes. I still don't really get it, yeah. you know. But but that that's almost like there's not two, but there is two. So it's like, you know, and and it is it's very clearly taught in the Bible and in, in Swedenborg's works that uh, God is just past finding out, like like. You, yeah. we, our human minds it's beyond it transcends yeah. my thoughts are higher than your thoughts you know, so yeah. on, you know yeah. like uh, what God truly is in him her itself is beyond our comprehension so we use these little pronouns and things like that yeah. but don't take us too serious about them you know? right 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 so so it hopefully that's enough like if we're just scattering stuff hopefully that's enough to <laughs> to hit somewhere um and and that was enough to offend I everyone think, i think that one thing that people there's sort of two um since we haven't spent enough time on this okay. there's sort of two emotional um pulls there i mean two emotional reasons why people would wonder about god male and female mm. one is like oh, hey man if 
uh, you know, so let's say I'm male and God is female. So am I like left out of the God thing? Am I like right. this, this sort of cast off thing? Right. So that's one side of it. Oh, and the, the negative side of that is like, well, I want God to be exactly like me and not like someone else. So then, then it's <laughs> like my own. So right. there's that. But then there's also, I think, people have one of the one gender that they relate to more and can more readily picture God as a, like, oh, that would be more intimate, that I could be more closely connected to a God of that gender, right? And I think that, um, like, relating to that, I think everybody's going to be able to connect to God all the way. You know, there's got to be a way that, yeah. that there's no, it's not like anybody who's like, oh, I, I just don't feel comfortable around men. God is a man. You know, so there's no way that that's yeah, going to be how it is. That's right. Um, the, the main, uh, one of the main images that Swedenborg gives, in addition to all that stuff he says about human, yeah. is the sun, S-U-N, you know, yes. like the, just, the, there's not a gender, right? I don't know. You know, the sun that's is right. just a, a round ball of light and heat. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Light and heat. It, uh Love and wisdom, and and um, so that you know that that's also right. an image that we're that we're given, there. right? And and so and then for the other one, like oh, I I want God to be the, in the same category as me. That's bad. You're not supposed, because it, the essence of God and the essence mm-hmm. of love is to want it to be better for others uh-huh. than for yourself. Uh, yeah. So the essence right. of the essence of of becoming like God is to want is to not want to be in an exclusive club. Yeah. You know, is to want to be out of it. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I just feel like that that's like part of part part of like wondering like what why why has there been so much conversation around that, you know, throughout the ages and everything. Yeah. And Jesus when he was alive in this world was really uh in some ways, okay, he picked uh, twelve male disciples and so on, but yeah. a lot of his female uh followers were actually su- supplying the financial support okay. for his ministry. They right. were very important. They they didn't leave at the crucifixion. The guys left, you yeah. know, most of them and, and the women were still there. And uh and he broke boundaries. Like uh, technically I think he was not supposed to be talking to a woman at that well, you know, by the law of that time, you know, the, the social mores and everything. He's talking away to her, you know, yeah. Yeah. and having a whole exchange with her and and uh and his disciples are sort of amazed, like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. like like you you know, so he he would he would push those things you know yeah. i think he had a different right standard in his mind yep and it's just uh, all to the idea like you know you're supposed to love everyone that's right to, that, that, and that, everybody is yeah yeah that, that you're not that the, the fundamental evil is to try to place yourself somehow above you see some people as you and you see other people as not you not you and the you people you love and the not you people you don't love yeah i, I was kind of spinning off into another conversation but it's important yeah, that's so, right. All right, and that's considered bad by Sweden. That's considered bad. Yeah, that's right. Okay, all right. So that's the, the two questions that about was fun. that. Hopefully, uh, we got to something there. Let's take a look at the next one. Let's see what's our next journey. Hannah twenty four. Did Swedenborg study Kabbalah? I've heard that his teachings have a lot of similarities with it, minus reincarnation. Yeah, I've well, I've heard that the idea of the grand human is similar to Kabbalah. Uh, do you have any? thing uh, insightful or do you know if he would have had access to things like that is how old is kabbalah etc yeah it's certainly old enough uh yeah. and i know what is it admin adam cadmon or something adam you know there's Cadmone. this idea yep. of this uh uh that seems to bear a, a resemblance to what he was teaching uh his brother-in-law eric benzelius if I had this right that's his brother-in-law taught okay. that was his brother-in-law okay. eric benzelius the younger um uh, taught at the University of Uppsala, uh, Judaica, all, all this kind of thing. Okay. And Swedenborg was actually staying with his sister and brother-in-law. Yeah. Uh, you know, for for quite a period of time, he okay. was a bachelor or whatever. So living with his sister and brother-in-law. So I I tend to think that he was exposed to these things. Yeah. I know there's also been some study of Johannes Kemper. I think his name was. Who who was a, a converted Jew? I think who was teaching Jewish studies. There was a lot of interest in Sweden at that time. And but part of the whole Protestant Reformation was let's get back to the original languages. Yeah. Let's really know the Hebrew right, and the right, Greek. Right. You go around to these Swedish churches; they all have the tetragrammaton up on the ceiling and stuff. You know, the, in Hebrew letters yeah. and all that. And uh, so I think it's quite possible that he was exposed to some of those 
ideas. You know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of interest in in mysticism and that kind of thing in Sweden at the time. But I don't know of a smoking gun passage okay. you know, where 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 he lays out that this is exactly uh, what it is. Yeah. There's another possible explanation for the similarity, which is that they they're both true, or so. Yeah, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they're both coming from a similar yeah. heavenly source, or something like that. But I I do think I know there's some people who've done studies of this who felt that he was. You know, we had been reading that, or at least the similarities yeah. are really striking. Yep, right. So, so we, yeah, right. Could either be that it's because you're both tapping into the same source, or he was influenced by it. The world may never know, unless yeah. you guys discover something in some yeah, manuscript that's right. somewhere. So, yeah, oh, it might be in the back of one of those fingers books. Fingers crossed. That's man. right. All right, great Thank question. You. Let's look at another one. This is from Martin. When we pass, do we have guidance like we would in this world from our parents? Okay. Because right, we're talking about the order of things and how it goes. You know, you know, even if you don't have parent, you, there's generally some kind of adult guidance in in almost everyone's life. That, that, that this is teaching you basics, caring for you before you can care for yourself. And if you're if you're fortunate, it continues on into helping shape life and, and being there as a support system. But then you know you get into next life. You're not a, you're not a child, right? Do, do you still have that? Do you still need it? Is, is there anything in Swedenborg that that speaks to you there? I, I tend to think from what he writes that you absolutely do. Like he tells a lot of stories about people. Some people may have some confusion when they go to the spiritual world. They're not sure, you know, what should I do or something like that. Yeah. And an angel will appear and help them and tell them, you know, yeah. what to do and stuff like that. And and I think there's actually a lot of that kind of thing. And I'm uh, attached to the idea that I get from his works, uh, maybe sometimes reading between the lines or whatever, uh, that there's just like excellent mentoring. You know, there's like really high quality mentoring uh, guidance. Um, uh, It's not, how to put this, um, like Swedenborg does say, like sometimes people come to Swedenborg, they see him in the spiritual world, and they want, hey, solve my problem, you know, like what, I need something. Yeah. And Swedenborg say, you've got to look to the Lord for that. Like that's, you know, mm. that's the source you got to go to, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But uh, even there, I think the the Lord is, it says in Paul that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, you know, that, that the Lord is more more present and available you know what I mean, and there are angels who can who can uh, communicate with you and and give you that kind of guidance because everybody uh, needs that. And I think the process that we go through after we die is a process of figuring out who we are, what's our unique usefulness that we have to offer, and all that. Right. And you need a lot of guidance. You know yeah. what I mean. Some of it comes from within. It's not just sort of like. Uh, a kind of a, a rigid thing where somebody's telling you, "Here are thirteen things you need to do today." You know, it's yeah. working through your your freedom. That would be nice, though. It, that, that I, would, I would take that. Would here. that kill somebody? I, w- to say I would that, love you know, to that, just that, get that a to do list. <laughs> that would in be the good. I know there's some place where these these spirits went to angels and they said specifically, "Well, what should we do? You know, we want to go to heaven. What should we do?" And the angels kind of are a little unwilling to answer the question. They actually say, "Do whatever you want." Just know that people who do these kind of things go to heaven, yeah. and people who do these kind of things go to hell. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right? But so they're not going to bind the freedom, like they very, very huge respect for the freedom. So it's not like kind of a a control thing yeah. where you know they fit you in this specific mold. I'm with you. You know, I would much rather have the control thing. Like the freedom thing is overrated, but yeah. um, <laughs> it's, 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 it sounds great when yeah, you actually have table. it. But when you're yeah. actually in that situation, I like no, a little I, help here. You just know? like help me plan my day. Yeah, you know? right, right. That, that'd be better. Um, but that said, I think there's a lot of mentoring uh, guidance. You know, yeah. and there's sometimes people go to the other world, they have this burning question, and then they have different yeah. kinds of people who come and answer it in different ways. You know, you're not just uh, abandoned or something. You, you, I think you have a lot, I think, more than you do in this world. And the way that he describes it, we already have this spiritual mentoring in a way because we have these two angels with us. That's true. It's a, I could think of those like spiritual parents of, of a kind. Right. You know that they're they're not necessarily directly saying things to you, but they are guiding your life in in these unseen yeah. kind of ways, influencing your sort of your priorities and goals to the extent that they can, without impinging on freedom. Right. 
The difference there, I think, is that when angels are present with us, there's like a pretty strict rule book yeah. of what they're allowed. You know, they're not allowed to teach us anything we didn't already know. Right. They have to work through our concepts and our thoughts or whatever, and they're, you know, whatever. But um, in that world, I think they have the freedom to like, okay, let me show you around heaven. Let me That's talk right. about everything. And, they, you know, the, the restrictions are much uh, less narrow. Right. And he said people first coming into their communities, or first coming into the spiritual world, angels do, he said, render every service. Or I don't know how you guys translate that. Right. Renders every everything. service you could want, you know, and tell them all you want to know. It's only when you say, all right, all right. Okay. Enough. Okay, enough that, enough. that you can receive. But then that's from right. there. Yeah, in fact, you can have sort of an overload of guidance. Yeah, yeah that people right. are sort of, okay, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> right. But, you know, this this whole uh, guidance thing in, in Earth, is, it's fitting into the context of these uh, family groups, right? So on, so there's sort of a family group in the spiritual world, which is your community. And he says yes, that there are even right. like familial, familial sort of fam- uh, relationships and things there. Which are, right. you know, close. So I think you'd have guidance there as well. And it's, you know, you think about like sort of an idealized tribe or something. Like there are people who you go to for wisdom. There are people you go to for emotional support. Like that you're surrounded by this really, really good community. So you're giving certain people, you know, give you guidance. You give guidance to others. That's so right. there still is, you're still in looked out for just the way That's that, right. that Very much so. biology and the divine design have made it so that here we're mostly looked after. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Good answer. Cool. All right. Thanks, Martin. Very good. Let's take a look at our next question. Rebel Goddess, how do those in the afterlife contact us? Like when we have a dream or vision, hmm. what allows that to happen? Like why isn't it always happening? And I think it's it's a question that I think a lot of people have, which is what what's the mechanism and and why is it limited uh, and, mm. and so on? So how did, does he does Swedenborg say anything about the mechanics of how it happens? Wow, mm. it is it it is highly mysterious to me. You know, I mean, some people just uh, you know wonderful wonderful people. Yeah, never dream. They never remember a single dream that they've ever had. They yeah. don't. You know, it's just like not part of their life. It seems right. like, you know, I imagine they do have REM sleep or something, but it just doesn't enter their consciousness yeah. when they wake up. But for for whatever reason, other people from childhood are seeing spirits and you know, friends in the you know otherworldly yeah. <laughs> beings, or they can see auras. They think everybody can see that. Yes, and like yeah. is that so so different or something? And uh, it's a little baffling to me why some veils are so thin and some are so thick, you know? I don't, because it even sometimes seems to run in families that you'll have certain families kind of have, like the doors half open and, uh, you know, grandma was this way and and Didn't we just do a show sort of about this that, was it in Five Kinds of Spiritual Experiences? Uh, Maybe so, right. Yeah, so we just, just recently we did a show called Five Kinds of Spiritual Experiences. And in there, we run down not just these kinds, but also this sort of dynamic with the spiritual senses uh, that Swedenborg talks about. So with the second part of the question, what allows them to happen, that to happen, Swedenborg just generally would say your spiritual sen- your physical senses are That's made true. dormant right. and right. your spiritual senses are open. That's right. That, yeah, when, yeah. It, it, when it happens, those are the circumstances under yeah. which it happens. That's now, right. that's that's like saying yeah. like how how does the eye work? Well, it opens. Yes. Like there's a, and then yeah. it sees the light. Yeah, there's yeah. like <laughs> much more going on. And Swedenborg yeah. says it's just right. as complex, if not more, than the physical world. So as far as the particulars of that, I, I don't. He, he goes into some detail, but 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 not nothing yeah. like we would have a, a knowledge of the physical eye now or something. And as I've said before, I think the. Um, Oh, uh, I have the impression that people in the afterlife want to contact us a lot more than we get contacted. You know, yeah. I think there's much more desire. Sometimes when people found out that Swedenborg was awake in both worlds and they realized, whoa, and they could even, if they looked with him, they could see their loved ones in this world yeah. in a kind of heartbreaking well, way. Spirits, they say, oh, spirits, tell them. Yeah, spirits yeah. through Swedenborg could see people in this world. Yeah. Oh, tell them. Tell them I'm okay. And tell, yeah. you know, and Swedenborg said, I, I wasn't allowed to say you know he's under the same rules yeah. as the guardian angels and stuff and and uh so i think that must be pretty heartbreaking i know i've known a number of situations where one you know one spouse dies and says well i'll send you a message you know from the oh, other man. side but it's like then you get over that and then the, you see the rule book and the manual and, and, stuff and like not that, even you know. like rule book like 
<laughs> if you you'll you'll uh, get a you know a mark on your permanent record if you do that, but it's just like the phone system is broken. Yes, that doesn't it doesn't work that way. Yeah, right. The, so we right. the most popular video on our channel right mm. now is one that you and I did years ago. Years ago, um, it's called "Why Don't Our Loved Ones Communicate with Us More?" And it's it's you know it's trying to speak to this same question. And and really, the if I had to summarize it, it it's just. It's more complicated than you think. I always use the same metaphor, but I'll do it here. For for people to watch us at home right now, everything has to be just right with That's the technology. Right. And That's sometimes, right. if you you guys have been tuning in live, you'll notice that we there's major mess ups. Like <laughs> we're st- we start just a couple shows ago, we started like 20 minutes late because something <laughs> wasn't working. There's times when the internet skips and things cut out. If anything is off in that setup, you can't hear us. And we can't communicate to you. And it's so not e- a moral failing on your it's, part. It's yeah. not that we, it, it's we sheer didn't want mechanism. to. Yeah. It's not that we don't want to. Right. It's that something, and the way Sweetmore describes it, because, and not just for something silly like the cable's not plugged in, but because of this f- huge fall into selfishness and materialism this, that the human race has undergone for thousands of years, that has destroyed the ability of the two worlds to connect it ha- how it should be. And right. we're getting into this in our show we're about to do. That's right. Called How to Talk to... Is it safe to talk to spirits? Is it safe? That's right. And then we're going to... So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that next week. Right. And and um, uh, I think when... So I'm not saying there is no contact. It's just no. uh, when that happens, I think it's it's for a useful purpose. I think a little bit. It's quite a different sort of situation. But like the Christmas story, the angels yeah. disappear. They don't hang out. Yeah. They don't. Hey, you got to see it up in heaven. It's really great. Yeah. Like, you know, they they just like boom. You know, Jesus is going to be born. It's really great. Peace yeah. on earth. See you. You know, and then they're off. You right, know? right. And and uh, and I know in people's individual lives, uh, it's like that where you'll just yeah. get somebody smiling and you see, oh, they're okay. Right. You know, or right. they'll just say, don't you know, worry about this, or there's just like a thirty second message or something. Yeah. You know, that's for a useful purpose. It's not. Just for chilling and you know yeah. uh, passing time or something, uh, um, it's got a useful purpose. It's boom, deliver the message out, you know, right. kind of thing. That that's often the nature of it. Now, there's some people who feel like their loved ones with them all the time, or they feel them sitting yeah. in the bed, you know, that that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's probably where it, there's a deep love and all that. Something. It happens. I think about I was driving a couple of days ago, you know, along. Uh, the uh, interstate, and you're going through these mountains, right? And sometimes you have cell service, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't. And it's because of how far you are from the cell towers, what mountains are in the way, you know, weather can do, yeah. whatever, whatever affects it. All kinds it. of things, yeah. That's, you know, it's, 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 that's what accounts for this disparity and who's being, con- it's, it, the, and those are silly physical reasons for something, but spiritually it's like there's this huge system of good and evil and and things that have been destroyed and are trying to be put back and all this work jesus is doing all these things that swinmore talks about that is why there's so much signal disruption and just because you happen to live where there's not cell service doesn't mean that it was a moral failing on your part or your loved ones don't want it's just how things are and we're all trying to fix it you know we're trying That's to right. fix the service and i really believe that part of the whole point of swedenborg's message you know was that this this prophecy that over time this is going to get better we're going to yeah. get better at this right we're going to the earth will get closer to heaven it'll be easier to have that communication yeah. we'll get back the way that most ancients were where they were in touch with their loved ones who'd passed on yeah. in a clearer way you know and all that and you sort of live in both worlds at once yeah. kind of thing i think that's where we're headed right. but it's still as we'll talk about next week you know, there's some dangers, there's some issues, and, and yeah. stuff like that. So, right. so we're not quite there yet. But. Great question. Thanks so much, Rebel Goddess. And we've got eight minutes, so let's see if it's one question or is it two questions. Okay, it depends on how long we ramble. Yeah. Next one. We have no control over that. No, I wish, I wish, but it's just the way the system is. Uh, <laughs> exit by flight. What is the dividing line upon entering the world of spirits that would make one move up or down from there to heaven or hell? Mm. Ooh, I have an interesting so answer to that. So the world of spirits that's capitalized there is Swedenborg describes this place midway between heaven and hell that we all first enter uh, on, right. on leaving the physical world. 
Um, and so he's asking, yeah, the Swedenborg saw many people going into heaven from there, maybe people going into hell from there. And what's, how do you know, like, how do you know where you're headed? Um, mm. And and how do people make that move? So what what's your thoughts? It, it took me a long time to grasp what Swedenborg was saying about this, because it's always been sort of scary, like, ah, what if you did just no wrong step and, oh, you tumble down into hell or something, you know. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, the the way Swedenborg lays it out, uh, and you can also see hints of this in the Bible here and there. And I know I'm the Bible guy. I'm sorry, I always bring it up. That's good. But the um, uh, that um, to the that hell is a very deliberate choice. You yeah. really got your put it, put your heart into it, and what it requires is that you have to be so single mindedly, wholeheartedly opposed to love, to truth, yeah. to God, to all those sorts of things, that you hate people who are in those things. Yeah. And it's not just enough to hate them. You have to actually attack them. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hate that, when you've gotten so clear that, no, I am 100% against that, I hate that with everything in my being, yeah. and I'm going to do everything I can to destroy it. Uh, your effect, your, your desires to attack them uh, does not harm those people; they're protected. Yeah, but it clarifies where you stand, and that's the point at which. Now, if you're if you got ninety nine percent of it, but you haven't got to the effect, attack yeah. phase yet, yeah, you can hang out in there for for quite a long. In the past, yeah. Swedenborg said that people would hang out there sometimes for a couple thousand years. Yeah, he says that doesn't happen the same way anymore because people get processed more easily now. But um, but it was kind of comforting me. To, to know mm. that I don't want to do that. You know, I don't, you know, like, yeah. It, yeah. If you're this side of that, like, it's that extreme. Yeah. You know, it's that extreme. And this is why in the book of Revelation and other places, it has to get to the point of attack. But you see, like, the story of Armageddon and everything, it resolves in, like, one verse. Like, the yeah. next verse, oh, and they were cast out. You know, and it yeah. didn't have any negative effect on anybody. And why does it have to get to that attack point? It's because that's clarity for those people. Like, no, I'm dead set against this. Yeah. I hate this with all my being. And, yeah. You know, and, and you're not playing a game or being the hypocrite or trying to look like you're nice yes. or you really hate right. it. You no, know, you're full on. You're at the attack phase. You see that also in the Old Testament in Pharaoh when he goes after Moses. He lets people... Lets the people go finally yeah. after the 10th plague but then he can't help himself he yeah. attacks that's what it. happens the people are safe and all his he and his guys drown in the red sea so yeah. that's a picture of what i'm talking about i think it's yeah it's important to note that what moves people from location to location in the spiritual world is nothing other than de- the deepest conviction yeah. about what you love and what you want to do. Yeah. So it's not like you can ha- you can get to the world of spirits and have a bad couple days and you, you <laughs> somebody <laughs> sees you at oh. the wrong time and and you're wretched in, mistake. That, that hell is and heaven are both like yeah as you say like a full consuming like this is my and I'm doing this in a state of clarity like I know what I want yes, to do I know what I'm doing and I that that's what really moves you and it's not like you do your attack and then from there it's like. Gotcha. Now you're carted off into hell to be punished yeah. and punished. That's not what hell, according to Swedenborg, that's not even what hell is. That's see, right. we did an episode called The Good Thing About Hell, and you can see mm. there that he, he uses these terms heaven and hell, and there are similarities to what we, we've heard about, but there, there's also these huge differences um, that, that right. mean mean the world. Uh, so you'll see there that, that hell is the place that if you have this... Uh, love of hurting people and this hatred of mutual love, hatred of people, other people's happiness. Um, hell is an a, a mechanism that is built to give you the happiest possible life you can have while having chosen something so destructive. Yeah, to live, that's right. to live. By. That's right. So the that, Lord's mercy is still yeah. there. Yeah, it's still and, there. and you know you can't harbor something that grotesque without it having all kinds of negative consequences. But hell is like keeping you from what would be. It goes back to our first question. You know, does God see evil? Or just prevent? Like He's preventing mm-hmm. evil people from doing so much because that would bring punishment on them. Right. So it's only let. And he says the only punishment you ever go through in hell are just to keep you from 
harming yourself worse. It's it's just like here, and, and, and yeah. going too too far. You know, like too there far. is a too far. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like it's like you know, it's it's only if this will even do good for you because getting knowing oh I got did that and got punished. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Will actually get you out of an even deeper rut that you could be in. Yeah. So in the end, it's that same principle of preventing evil applies to even the person who most deeply hates. Um, other people's happiness and wants to yeah. destroy it. Even then, right? The divine mercy is like, let's give, let's let's keep you from as much harm as we can. Let's give you as much happiness as we can, because that's what that's what God is. So when I think about it, that bar is set pretty low. Like if the yeah. bar is like, you know, yeah. just hate God and anybody who has a whiff yeah. of God in them, you know, yeah. that bar is pretty low. Anybody who gets over the bar, you know, right. they're, they're, they're in good shape. Well, and we're talking about those angels and, and how hyped up they are to talk to people. And Swedenborg says their greatest joy, the angels, is leading people into heaven. So you've got to imagine it. that God's greatest joy, that's where angels get there. Talk so, about mentoring. So yeah, the, right. the, 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 the right. thing that the divine desires more than anything is to bring people into heaven. So there's got to be every possible way to do it. That's right. There. That's what I mean. You really got to throw yourself at it to not end up going on that path. All right. Yeah. So it turned out it was one. Because the, the questions are deep. The questions are good. So yes. the, there's our, you know, whether this show, little show here was a heaven for you guys or a hell at, at home. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can imagine it being either. Like, they're still talking. Um, <laughs> We, we are glad you stayed with us to the end. Um, and, and thank you so much for your questions. And we were just remarking as the show was coming up, as this like countdown was happening, it, it's so amazing that we can do an online show about Swedenborg stuff. And you guys will tune in and ask us. It's so awesome. So we're, we're very grateful to you. And hopefully we've given you a good hour. Or, or if you're falling asleep to our program, that it was a gentle uh, descent into That's right. sleep. Um, <laughs> so again, thanks so much. Uh, if you want to help us out in a little way, please like and subscribe. Uh, to this channel. This helps the videos get out. It helps YouTube know that there's something of value here. And if you want to be part of the engine that makes this work, consider subscribing to us on Patreon. And we're a nonprofit, so we run off of donations. And Patreon is a way that you can sign up for just a dollar a week to be a supporter of us and and the the, uh, content we put out. And we'll give you a thank you in the form of behind-the-scenes content, sort of the stuff that didn't quite make it or, or expand on certain concepts, because uh, there's always more. We're always like, oh, we should put that in, we should put that in, yeah. but then we can't get That's to right. it. So we'll give you the extra stuff just as a thank you for helping being a part. And thanks to everyone who has joined us there. Uh, it's awesome just feeling that support and knowing it makes enough of a difference for you to say, oh, I want to make this happen. As we alluded to earlier, next week we're going to talk about whether or not it's safe to talk to spirits. So we'll be here Monday night, same time, and I hope to see you then. Again, thanks for a great evening. Jonathan, thanks for hanging out. Hey, thanks, Chris. And everybody, have a good night and have a good week. Swedenborg and Life is Amy Aquarola, Morgan Beard, Curtis Childs, Karen Childs, Matthew Childs, Alexa Cole, John Connolly, Cara Dom, Chris Dunn, Stuart Farmer, Ben Keyes, Reed McArdle, Chelsea Odner, Jonathan Rose, Shiloh Silverman, and Shada Sullivan.